I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lonnie, I'd like to share with you a tweet from Katie Delaney. Oh, yeah, cool. Which I think is relevant to this Mm -hmm. movie. It says, I wish I had the courage to remain steadfast in my opinion of a movie I didn't love that everyone else seems to love. But I am, in fact, a weak little baby who is immediately like, maybe I watched it wrong that right but like everyone's saying it's bad okay but i'm not advocating it's good i'm just like is it that bad did i miss something like terrible with it i think we'll talk about this further but i think we got stuck in the middle because we saw it after everyone after backlash and then after the backlash the backlash and the backlash the backlash the backlash exactly yeah and now we're like is it actually a good movie or not i just need someone to tell me and then i'll just blindly follow their opinion you know that's our job (laughs) Hello there, welcome to I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with Sine. Hello. How's, how's it going, Sine? Uh, good, thanks. What was Don't Look Up good? Um, I don't know if it was good. Okay. But I don't know if it was bad either. Hmm. I think it sits in that, like, film purgatory. <laughs> okay. It's it's Schrodinger's movie. It's neither good nor bad until you look at it. Well, Don't Look At It is <laughs> perhaps is the point of this. Okay, for those who don't know, probably hard to not know much about this movie because it's been quite popular and popular to hate and popular to talk about at least. It's one of those things just like all publicity is good publicity or there's no such thing as bad publicity. I mean, maybe we are talking about the film. I guess so. But are we talking about the film, not the issues? Is that Mm. part of the problem? Slash is that part of why people think it's good actually? Just because you've got good intentions doesn't mean you've made a good thing. Yes. Okay. Dollar up. Adam McKay, he, he pretty much started out doing broad comedies and then recently, the last couple of years, he was like, you know what, I'm smart. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Even, even his older comedies, I think, had a lot of satire in them, mm-hmm. um, but he has really gone into more intellectual fare of recent years. Yeah. Big Short, Vice, which I quite liked, actually. I think that was pretty good. I'm not the hugest fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big Short left a... Uh... Sour taste in my mouth with Margot Robbie. Finding mm. quite misogynistic and I don't really get his humour, I think. Mm. I think he's supposed to be funny and quick-witted and I'm just like, hmm, you know? Mm. Like, hmm, mm-hmm. rather than ruffle. Right. Ruffle the mouth. <laughs> so this one, he's turned his attention away from the GFC and Dick Cheney mm-hmm. and he's got his sights set on climate change. He does. Well, asteroids, actually. Yeah. But basically. So obviously the whole thing, there's an asteroid coming towards Earth. Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio are there and they discover it and they need to tell everyone that Earth has six months to live, Mm. essentially. And so it's an allegory for climate change, right? And it's supposed to be a satire slash black comedy and all the bits that you think are bad are actually good because that was the point that they were bad. That's it. That, that seems to be the thing, right? 
Well, I think some of the reasons, some of the backlash has been like critics and whatnot are saying, you know what, maybe not the best movie. Maybe it's a bit sloppy. Maybe there are scenes that go way too long. <laughs> You'll agree. <laughs> and maybe, you know, satire is supposed to have a clear purpose. And this one is a bit shaggy, as people saying film plots are these days. And their response is, well, if you think it's bad, you're part of the problem because film critics are causing climate change, clearly. You just don't get it. Well, you're part of the media elite who oh. are more interested in breakups between pop stars than real issues. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's a bit much to make that argument when you've made a big budget Hollywood movie to make your claim about climate change, you know what I mean? Like, you're working within the system, and I guess you can be in the system and working for a higher purpose, but... As I said before, just because you've made a movie with good intentions about a really important issue, mm. that doesn't automatically make you immune from criticism, the film at least. Do you think the money that was put towards making this film could have been better spent if he donated that to climate change research? Potentially, and I guess there is that thing about raising awareness. Like We all are kind of aware. Educating people. Maybe getting us thinking about it and getting us off our butts and actually doing something about climate change would be good. I don't think that's... I mean, everyone uh, just seems to be talking about how shit the movie is. So. Well, I feel like you can do all those things and still make an interesting and fun movie to watch. And this one is a bit boring in a lot of parts, I thought. Why the allegory? Why not just make it about climate change? Why not make it a fictionalised thing about climate change? Well, I guess the metaphor is like, it's like as if we have a meteoroid coming for mm. us and no one's doing anything that's what climate change is so is it that we don't because climate change is like abstract and mm. made up of many different moving parts it's hard for us to get the immediacy of it i think i read an interview actually with adam mckay and he said he was doing he was talking to climate scientists and one of them actually said it's like we've got an asteroid coming right at us and no one's doing anything about it and he said hold my beer <laughs> and they went to make this movie he's like write that down mm -hmm. yes but yeah, you're right. The it's not the most thrilling experience, is it? I was very bored. Hmm. It's a long movie. <laughs> it is long, and there are a few things I think you could take out very easily. This would have been great as a tight ninety. Like I know I'm biased because I love a tight ninety, but the style of his humor and the immediacy of the subject matter, I think, could have been told cleaner, mm -hmm. perhaps more concisely. It took a minutes. long time to get where we're going, and then it seemed to brush over the interesting parts really quickly. I know. I remember we were up to like whatever. It was like an hour in, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, it's wrapping up soon. We paused it for something, and then mm. we weren't even halfway. And I was <laughs> like, what could, What more could possibly happen? Like, this is fine. End it here. Should we talk about the cast? Sure. So they've got Leonardo DiCaprio uh, being a scientist. Jennifer Lawrence with a weird fringe. Also being a scientist. I haven't seen her for a while. No. Which is good. She was. Um, one note, though, like every performance probably. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. Also, I am her with paying for the snacks. <laughs> Why did you charge her for the snacks? That was the funniest bit of the whole movie. Why did you charge her for the snacks? Yeah. There's no reason he should have charged her for the snacks. They were free. That is clearly you. It's 100% me. That is definitely you. Asteroids coming to Earth and you're still upset about it. Listen, I hold grudges, okay? Then we have um, Meryl Streep, who is, I love Meryl Streep, don't come for me. It's one okay. of the worst performances I've seen from her. Really? Yeah. It's very broad. 
Mm. Didn't have a lot of nuance. Was wearing an awful wig. So wig check, terrible. You know, it's interesting. Just this last week, you introduced me to Devil Wears Prada. I did. Which ostensibly is a broader chick flick without much underneath the surface, you know. How dare you? On the surface, I'm saying. But her performance is so nuanced and she brings a lot to that. And this, she just brings one note like every other performer, basically. Yeah. So if everyone's doing it, you kind of think maybe it's a direction issue. Yes. Mm. Well, it's clearly not an acting issue because it's Meryl Streep. Mm. <laughs> um, and she's playing like a Trump-esque mm. right-wing conservative president who doesn't want to do anything about the asteroid. Mm. Then we have your favourite character, <laughs> Mark Rylance, who oh. we normally love. Can you talk to me about what you hated about his performance in this film? Well, I just don't understand the satire of him, of his character. What was the point? Did not like the fake teeth. The fake teeth I didn't mind, but... <laughs> I just feel like if he's supposed to be a takeoff of Zuckerberg and Bezos and Musk and all those people, I didn't really see the comparison there between him and them. Yeah. And I, I kind of the idea maybe we all, you know, we have to pledge fealty to the big business and the government has organised a solution and then he comes along and is like, you know what, we can make a profit of this. I get all that. But his performance of just like, I don't know, an autistic guy who comes in and whispers and murmurs and no one looks him in the eye and then he takes charge. Like, it just didn't really mm. make much sense to me. Well, I think the biggest thing about his character, and I think we spoke about this after afterwards, is I don't get what the equivalent is with climate change. Like, obviously mm. there are people profiting off not acting on climate change and the people that are going to suffer first are the lower socioeconomic parts of the world, right? Mm. But you can't blow up a tidal wave and harvest minerals from that. Yeah. I, so I think more, I agree with you, in the climate crisis that we have, it's more people who are causing the issue and want to keep their profits from, you know, coal mm. mining and whatnot and getting, don't want to have, you know, energy efficient cars and whatever, like because they're making money off diesel, that sort of thing, and pollution. And in yes. this movie, they want to make money off the asteroid. Because the asteroid is going to have gold and minerals in it that yeah. we don't have. And so. But it, it's not, you're right. It's not exactly a like for like comparison to the crisis we have now, where it'd be more like if, if Mark Rylance's character was in charge of the asteroid and mm. wanted to keep it and wanted to keep profits going. It, it just it got a bit sloppy that the parody there, didn't it? Yeah. And I'm not really sure what it was trying to say because, like, I think. Again, to take a real life example, was it Musk who lit his rocket the other day? Bezos, one of them. Mm, probably Bezos. He has more rockets, I think. But mm. <laughs> I've all got rockets. Mm. Um, it was something like his little jaunt to space, which wasn't really to space for like thirty seconds or three minutes or whatever, used up more carbon dioxide than like the entire population of Britain or something like that. And so, I'll find you the actual stat and I'll put it in the description. But I feel like that is more like you could have shown people be out of touch. You could have shown them instead of like hunking down in a bunker mm. to protect themselves, they're up partying where the asteroid is about to hit mm. or something like that, something that shows their sort of ambivalence towards it. But Mark Rylance's character wasn't ambivalent. He was interested in to make a mining. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Weird choice. Also, Timothy Chalamet is in this film. 
he's terribly underused. I feel like the only reason he's in this film is because it's popular to have Timothy Chalamet in your film these days because he's really famous. It could have been anyone. Like, he could have been anyone. I don't think anyone else could have had the line about loving fingerling potatoes. It is a great line. <laughs> it is a great line. That's true. It's not. It's a great line. Again, it's me. <laughs> Do I just like food? I think I just like food. food. And there's a comet coming to crash into Earth and you're like, get the right potatoes? That we Well, saying? obviously, if yeah. it's our last meal, I want the right potatoes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe this film would have been better if it had the actual targets more in its sight. So actually make it about climate change and show us the guys behind the scenes who are keeping the crisis going. And Do you think they'd be allowed to do that legally, though? Well, you could don't have to make it the actual guys. You could make it stand-ins for you like, could all make lobbyists. Meal on Trusk. Potentially. I was thinking more like the guys who run, you know, BP and whatever and Mm-hmm. The guys who killed the electric car yeah. back in the day and the people in the media. You could actually you could have an Andrew Bolt stand in who mm-hmm. takes every little thing that might be bad about energy efficient light bulbs and whatever and makes it a huge issue while looking over the fact that mm. coal is going to kill us all if we keep mining it forever. One thing people seem to sort of unanimously unanimously agree upon about this film is that it handles the media quite well. And does a good job sort of showcasing them on the morning show and how it's mm. hard to get the messaging across, right? And Kate Blanchett is in this, along with Tyler Perry. She's doing a great job. She's having a great time. That scene went forever, though. I know. It went forever. <laughs> it felt like that was like a 40-minute scene within yeah. one movie. Yeah. Well, Ariana Grande's bit was just so broad. And she can clearly act because she's from the Disney Channel. So, again, that's mm. the direction. But she's almost doing a parody, like... She's not doing a sort of thoughtful, critiqued performance. She's, what if I make it really obvious that I'm really dumb? Mm. Like, I don't know. It was just terrible. <sighs> so there's the thing. Is the movie supposed to be in two hours of entertainment or is it supposed to be at the end of it, you get out of your chair and rail against the world and know what to do because don't, it wasn't do either, either of those, wasn't either of those things. <laughs> But, yeah, it's kind of like if the idea is that it can't be criticised because it is a call to arms, mm. what's it calling me to do? Just despair? Yeah, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That's true because, like, 
we try lots of things to be energy efficient mm -hmm. and we recycle our soft plastics and we separate our recycling and mm -hmm. we have a compost so it's not going into landfill. We donate things that we don't want anymore. Like we're trying to do our mm -hmm. best, right? But there is that thing where the individual actions are not going to be enough to stop climate change. You need the big corporations to actually do something as well. Well, again, we need to find the actual stats so we're not yeah. spouting information, misinformation here. But I was reading the other day that all the carbon that we're saving mm -hmm. with all the you know, EVs and whatnot is being replaced or put back into the environment by mining of Bitcoin and other mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. So it's like every step forward we're making is just being yeah. removed by guys with their NFTs and whatnot. <laughs> so Great. Wonderful. So, yeah, if we remove all the climate change talk and mm -hmm. criticism, whatever, it just wasn't the best movie, was it? Like, let's just be honest. It felt there really was... hollow. Yeah. Scenes went on for, like, a long time. I didn't feel a huge connection with what they were trying to do. They just seemed a bit floaty. Yeah, I think you could really tighten this up. And, like, imagine if it was Armando Nianichi with the really yes. tight, fast script. Do you think there was improv going on? Jonah Hill, I think, was improving a bit. Yeah. But, well, well, it seemed like does. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's like his was funny enough because he can do it, but I don't know. It kind of felt like sometimes they were searching for the punchline or. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if I get his. Oh, I don't know. I don't really like Jonah Hill. I don't like the movies that he's in. Um, but that like end credits scene. Oh, sorry, not the end credits with him. Hmm. The pre credits where they're on the new planet with Meryl and Mark Rylance. It was so like. 12 year old boy humor like oh she goes up to pet the rare creature and it eats her and she's naked and it's like oh yeah. well she died like, it's like you wouldn't so get away from the simpsons no <laughs> you think it'd be poor on that the simpsons yeah so and you also made a comment about adam mckay's editing style oh yeah it's like every now and then there's an important scene going on and they'll cut to a polar bear or something mm. and like you know the idea i guess is that it's like Soviet style editing where it's it's more about making your mind bring connections between the images. So obviously that is making it pertinent that we're talking about the climate and whatnot, but it just felt a bit sloppy in times. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm making an important point here, and just so you know. It did feel very telegraphing, like we're all yeah. going to, let's, let's watch Adam do his little thing. We'll all give Adam yeah. a big clap for how clever he is <laughs> and then... That's well, the focus of the film. I totally agree. But also, on the other hand, I am like, I mean, at least he's trying to make a good movie about climate yeah, change. For sure. And it's not, it's a little bit of a vanity project in some ways because it's like, please look at me, I'm making an important movie. But at least he's trying to do I totally that, get that. So. I just think that tone for me is in all of his work. It's mm. not just in, you know, this film. Yeah. It's so. like, look how clever and quick quick mm. the, the acting can be when I direct it like this and... Mm. I don't know. Well, reading a review here from The Independent, and they've mentioned that he's one of the executive producers and, and directed the pilot for Succession, and that is a brilliant satire on, you know, global events that are occurring in the media and whatnot now, but it's still really funny and interesting, and, I mean, it's a series, so it can take its time to make those points, but, mm. yeah, it's not like you can say, hey, you made a bad movie. It's like, well, actually, the movie's really important. It's like, well... I think you and I, though, we... And vice versa. Yeah, we prefer, like, films that have a light touch on things. 
Mm. Like succession feels like it's handling it in a way that's very, when I say light touch, I don't mean that it's not engaging with it. I just mean it's a subtle sort not, of Not laboured, not, not over the top. It's not like this is a big blockbuster, like don't mm. look up, you know, like that's just seems very in your face. Like he's just throwing things at you. That's sort of the visual I get. Like he's like, here, have this, have this tomato, have this shot of a mm. polar bear, have the shot of a moose. Meryl's handbag, do you want to see that? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Let's all just calm down, <laughs> take a step back. Give uh, me some nuance. Give me some mm. things that make me think. Give me, challenge my thinking about climate change, you know. I did like a few things with the movie um, in that sense, though, like mm-hmm. the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio's character has discovered this and he knows the world's going to end, has an affair anyway, yeah. like when he should be trying to help the world. And also be with his wife and kids if he knows that it's about to end. Yeah. Doesn't he want to be with his wife and kids? Yeah. Um, and Jayla's character who gets screwed over by her boyfriend because he sees the chance to get ahead in life, like that kind of felt. Yeah. Yeah. There was one scene in this film that I loved and I thought was done brilliantly mm. and it was the dinner. Yeah. So spoiler alert, obviously kind of <laughs> know what's happening. Yeah. Climate's coming, yes. And... That is like what I want the whole film to be. Mm. It's like, oh, so you can do that. Give it to me for the whole thing. And it's so beautiful because obviously th- like the earth is splitting apart, glass is flying everywhere, things, mm. an earthquake's coming, and they just try and have this moment of humanity where they're trying to carry on a conversation yeah. about regular things, about, oh, it's nice when the apple pie's homemade and then it's like I actually prefer the store-bought ones and it's just like that is the perfect example of showing and not telling Uh and the fact that the characters are not saying what they're feeling. And the director's tips get out of the way for a second. That's the story will happen. (laughs) So we're saying the best part of this film is when he just lets the actors act Mm. and doesn't interfere with his like auteurism Mm. perhaps. It's a beautiful sequence. Isn't it is it? really nice, and that that's a bit unfair because, like, it's his movie. He can. I know. It's his his job to put his stamp on it. But totally right. That was a really nice scene. Handled and, really well. Felt really mm-hmm. true. Just felt really beautiful. Reminded me. I don't know if I can find the name of it, but there is a a short film from Tropfest that I watched at school, and it's two people who are sitting in a park, I think somewhere in Sydney, and they're just out talking their first date, and they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, life and whatnot, and then as the film ends, we realise there's like like a comet's coming. Yeah. And so they took their last ten minutes together to have a first date. Oh my god. Yeah. The same, basically the same sort of. What's idea. it called? Can't remember. No. Okay. Drop first. You look it up. Two thousand eight or so. The Kate Miller Hockey's last day on Earth plays. Yeah. It really could have been a lot better. Yeah. The thing I mentioned before as well, the scene that they seem to gloss over really quickly is when they're having two warring debates in the world about don't look up or look up. Yes. And then she did the Trump thing, which is like, oh, they want you to look up because Mm. they're trying to trick you into thinking Mm. the world is ending. And the other guys are like, look at the earth, look at the star, look up up in the sky. It is there. It's coming, which is a little bit like, you know, people look how obvious Trump is bad. Like it's just so clear to some people. Yeah. And then right at the end, some guys are like, oh, my God, it is coming. They were lying to us. Like, it's a bit late now, wasn't it, mate? Mm-hmm. But that was, like, over in 10 minutes or five minutes and we spent more time on Ariana Grande <laughs> earlier. I don't even – why was she even in the film? Like, just 
to know. Have them talk about a breakup. Have Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett talk about a breakup. That's what, if that's really what you want. My biggest thing with the film is like film is supposed to do a lot of things, right? It should make you think, can make you feel, can make you reflect on your life and be mm. introspective for a minute. But it has to entertain. This is art. We're doing this fun. We're watching a movie to have fun. Yeah, and that can be gripping as well. It can be, 100%. There are so many films you watch where you, you're into it and you, you can't stop looking away because it's interesting. It doesn't mean it has to be fun and light and happy. It can be no. scary or But it needs thrilling. to be entertaining in some way, right? Yeah. Like we're choosing to watch a movie... We're not being forced to watch it. Like we, ch- we should be mm. having a nice time, and it needs to be engaging. And this wasn't engaging for me. It was mm-hmm. two and a half hours of stupid smash cuts and really broad acting mm-hmm. and one beautiful scene. And I just don't one know good joke what you about the general money. Yeah. Yes, one good joke about the snacks. <laughs> but I just like mm. I'm with you. Like what it didn't entertain me. It didn't engage me. Mm. It didn't motivate me to do something I'm not already doing because I feel like I'm already doing quite a lot and it didn't present me with opportunities to do more apart from lobbying, you know, governments to do things. Mm. And, like, if we think it's about climate change, who should I get mad at? The politicians already mad at them. (laughs) You know, like the lobbyists don't really get a go here. Yeah. Um, I remember that tweet as well about, you know, it's got some points about the internet. It's kind of interesting how our... Leo's character became a bit of a heartthrob when he's just a regular-looking dude. But yeah. as someone said, look at all the chief health officers in Australia. Who've well, been, true. <laughs> you know, Brett Sutton, et cetera. Um, but also, yeah, like it's got some stuff about internet and it's like memes from 2008 with impact font. It's like, oh, okay, you're not probably up, that up-to-date. There's no TikTok. Like that's no. the current thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yes, the, the satire was not pointed as pointed as it could be. That said, I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's quite as bad as everyone who hates it is saying, but I kind of see their criticisms and probably agree. Mm. Was it worthwhile watching, though? don't know. I think about it. <laughs> don't know. It's good to watch it to be part of the conversation, at least. Yes. I think it's important to have conversations about the art that we're creating and what its purpose is. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's political art, which all mm-hmm. art's political, but this... Especially kind so. of whether or not sleeve. Is it too much to say that I nothing it? Oh, not necessarily. Again, you can nothing things. Like I love that scene and I like that joke, but apart from that, I don't like it, I don't think. That's okay. But Follow no, it's not okay because I'm part of the media well, elite. That's that's my question, so now why do you love climate change? <laughs> why why do I love climate want everyone to die? Mm. Interesting. Uh, obviously, I don't. Learn a lot about you today. Mm. Okay. One last thing for me. Mm-hmm. It was weird seeing Leo, Leo be in a relationship with a woman of his own age and have adult kids, right? Yeah. And not just because he's famously kicks them out when they, they turn 26 or whatever, but just the fact that Leo, we watched him grow up on screen and now he's an old dude. Like, that, that was weird to me. Yeah. And weird. he doesn't generally play a dad. No. Have you been a dad before on screen? Mm, surely. Well, he had, like, Inception, I guess he had kids, but it wasn't really, like, raising them, was he? Mm. I was just going to give a spoiler for something, so I'm just not giving that. Titanic? No, no, what no. I was Titanic? like, 
No, it wasn't he Titanic. He has kids, right? It wasn't Titanic. Does he have kids at the end of that? No, he dies. What? <laughs> All right. Okay, rating time. Two. Two out of what? Five. Two for effort. Okay. I want to give it two as well. Oh, sorry. I was just going to oh, explain yeah. my breakdown. Okay, sorry. Go on. Yeah. So one star for the scene, whole star for that because it was great, half a star for the snacks joke, and half a star for effort. At least he's trying. I agree. I was going to give a point for the joke about fingerling potatoes. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the joke about the general. That was good stuff. Yeah. Imagine if the whole thing had that sort of light touch to it, you know? Great. Please. It's not an obvious joke and a good callback joke. It wasn't just Kate Blanchett doing a funny voice. All right, then. Well, we've contributed to the discourse. We have. Our job is done. feel great about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would... I mean, if you want to watch it, watch it. Like, <laughs> by this, by the time this pod goes out, you've probably watched it if you want to watch it. Yeah. Um, but guess what? What? We're on Twitter. We are. We have lots of pods in the back catalogue. I tweeted about Meryl's wig. You sure did. You could have gotten an insight into that mm-hmm. before we recorded the pod, you know? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, please get in touch. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to see what you think about wigs and whatnot. Yeah, specifically wigs. Yeah, pretty much. Empty wig. coffee cups. Hashtag wig watch. Hashtag wig watch. Until next time, this has been I Only Like You and Movies. My name's Lonnie, her name's Sine. See you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.